Audio only is live. Hello, audio only friends. You're getting a behind the scenes listen as Elle and I prepare to go live. We're coming up with spooky names for all of our favorite creators now. So uh, you guys get to hear the first crack. What, what, are, the, what, are, the, what are the names, Elle? I don't want to, you have to, you have to watch. I have to watch? Oh, what are you, what, you're getting rid of that? It's, I got, it's got to fit. It's got to fit. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta you gotta watch I gotta, I gotta, the episode in order to hear the spooky names. Yeah. Is well, that? I mean, this is just my name. Well, I don't know. I, don't know. I think you're saying it wrong, but they have spooky names. All right, and fine. They, they have special names. Special names. Yeah. Special names. All right, let me finish this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I gotta readjust the lighting anyway. We have a lighting rig now. It's actually just a ring light. But I can change it. I can spotlight us with it. Spotlight. It's a song, isn't it? Don't. YouTube uh, light is working great, although you can't see any of the shit behind us anymore. You think it's okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Twitter looks a little dark, but I'm not terribly worried about it. It usually comes out fine. You ready to go live? All right. Oh, now it's, now it's telling me it can't connect. How? Oh, there we go. All right. All right. I think it's okay. Let's get it while we can. And we are live, at least for right now. Hi, everybody. It is I, the Sussman, Rick Sussman, wearing my amazing manatee riding a bicycle shirt that I got for my birthday. I'm still on that. And I am joined... <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Why are you looking at me like that, swan? April is over. Yes. You're fine. Oh. That's right, that's right. Uh, International, what is it, Geek Pride Day is on the 25th. Yes. And that is when we got married, was on the 25th of May. Yes. Uh, it was. I, I felt it was appropriate. It also landed on a Saturday. It, it was. It was perfect. Very, it, it very. It was meant to be. Yeah, and that was uh, 65 years ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, L. Uh, Elle Lestrange, we have an action-packed episode of The Read Pile available today. Um, although I will admit, uh, not uh, as much news as last week, because last week's news was devastating. <laughs> um, and uh, the big stuff is, of course, that Megacon is coming up, I think, next week as well. We won't be in attendance at Megacon. We're not terribly worried about the the vid this year. I'm more... I just don't want to go to cons anymore just because... Yeah. Because even... There's no, there's no deals to be had. Pandemic, you always came home sick. You came home sick. You got con crud. Yeah. Yeah, con crud was always You're a thing. Always sick. Always, uh, you and, always get sick, and, and it's just. And there's never yeah. any, there's never any cool stuff. Not anymore. No. The cool things about going to cons these days is meeting creators and artists, 
And, oh, she's absolutely going to knock down that tin. I guarantee. You're going to hear a crash in about three seconds. Just go ahead. Oh, really? You're taking taking this opportunity to... Ah! That was funny. Anyway, so we're not going to go into Megacon, um, but it's less to do with COVID and more to do with the fact that uh, we had a really amazing couple of weeks at our local comic shop, uh, and we scored a whole bunch of really cheap books because they had a sidewalk sale. And then Elle and I decided to look online because we, we had heard about this store that was nearby that would deal specifically in outlet shopping. And not just outlet shopping, but like mass overstock shopping, I guess, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. So I looked it up online, and it turns out there's this place called Ollie's, which here in Orlando, there's one, and it's literally down the street from us. We never even knew about we it. We just lucked out that it was right there. Yeah. We the, never drive that direction, no. really, because usually if we have to... Go down that go to, side of the road, it's... Yeah, you just jump... I four is the main. I four is the main interfere of of the Orlando area for those tuning in from around the world. Uh, it's also a death trap, and I mean that very literally. There are more accidents on I four than anywhere else on the planet Earth. This is true. Oh. Um, but so we found That's this store. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we saw this uh, store was nearby. I had heard good things about it. I saw a couple of other. Um, like YouTube and Twitter creators had posted about their trips to going to Ollie's. So Ellen and I decided to hit it up and see what we found. Uh, when you walk in, it is very terrifying uh, because nothing is really in any order. Or it's any, just loads of stuff. It's yeah. just stuff. It, it is an outlet. Of an outlet. It, yeah. Like it's an outlet outlet. There's, there's just a bulk amount of random items. So. Yes. But they do have it pretty organized. They do. All right. When you first walk in, that's the children's book section. And then it, it kind of goes into young reader. I and just realized I haven't started YouTube yet. Let me start YouTube. Hi, YouTube. You're a little late to the show. Sorry about that. We're talking about Ollie's. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, it is kind of organized. You just go in and it has, I noticed, it had the kids' books and then it was kind of like young reader books and then you kind of wrapped around. And maybe it had little kids again, but they had like big a lot of the, the sections were like a lot in those sections. Nothing had signs though. <laughs> that's, what I'm like, that's probably what you're getting at. It yeah. wasn't like this is the kids section. This is like where clothes are. There was you, clearly you a book to, section. You had yes. to go find that section it, yourself. It very much looked like, and I'm dating myself here, but that's okay. It looked like that section in Walden Books where you would go into like the bookstore, Walden Books, and like. But it makes sense. It, it's an outlet store. How do you? How can you guarantee that you're going to even have yard supplies <laughs> next time? Okay. This the week, giant this tubes week of candy. We, you, yeah, like, but then you go over there and then yeah, it's that instead. <laughs> it, it's absolutely pointless and it's less off of them as a business to pay for those but, signs and then constantly have to change. I would them. A, that would, that's a really good question. I want to ask you a quick question about how many employees in a twenty thousand square foot area mm -hmm. would you say that's about accurate for how big that was i don't know it, it's it's the size of like an office depot right sure yeah how many employees did you see there was a reg uh, one person at the register yes i did not see anybody that worked there i but saw a second person who told us to go to the register and that is it <laughs> her job is there should it's be over there. Over there. <laughs> you're gonna go over there they actually could have a sign that just says register over there, but they need two employees. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. I don't know. Either way, we got 
completely sidetracked. Yes. So the comic books are in that particular area, mm-hmm. uh, and there is no organization about None. it. But you you will get those chunks of like. You can see where they got like this. Things. Yeah, yeah. You can see where they got like all of this section of comic yeah. and. Like some, some, there's a store that really overordered. <laughs> so now here's where it, for nerds like us, this is kind of cool. So the section that we found full of comic books had all kinds of amazing hardcovers, softcovers, trade, all trade paperbacks. I had heard story uh-huh. that you could actually find like random uh, um, grab bags full of comics as well, but we didn't see any of those. We did see a very healthy section of the same 15 hardcovers, though. Yeah. And I will have to admit, uh, we found them at really great prices, like insanely cheap. So we were able to find uh, Earth One uh, hardcover, Wonder Woman, Volumes 1 and 2. Yeah. This is the alternate reality comic from Grant Morrison uh, that you had um, always sort of been interested in reading, but honestly never really found the time or the energy. Yeah, because it was already past the time by the time I really looked to reading it. It was already... Was, and the Earth well, One books are very... So I was like, okay, well, I have to be prepared to buy all of them. I'm correct. not doing them one at a time. And we got two of the three volumes. But that's that's at least a head start. That's a oh, pretty yeah. good head start. I just didn't want to, like, read it and then not have the next one to read. Yeah. So I think, realistically, I only, you know, maybe get one more. There was other volumes, but most of the books I'd already read, like they had uh, Jimmy and Amanda's run on Harley Quinn. They had a few volumes of that. They had um, Just a Pilgrim, which I thought was amazing that they had that. They had a couple of volumes of Preacher. There was a lot of really good things, but if I'm very honest, most of them I'd already read or seen. This was brand new to us, and it was marked down to $5 a book from $25. Um, So that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't think you're going to find anything too new there, but if you do get lucky, like we love going to thrift stores or old school bookstores and looking in their comic section to see what they have. We're not there to try and find the first appearance as a Tana or anything, but we are there to find very specifically stuff like this. It can definitely help you finish your collection. Or, or start you in or, something you didn't know existed. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even if you can't find the full run, like, you just didn't find the third one there, but it, like, got you started in your, you know... Yeah, in your way. And in worst-case scenario, you read Volume 1, you read Volume 2, you love them, mm-hmm. You could just go buy volume three, and then you've basically bought one volume and gotten two free. Yeah. So if you find, like, an Ollie's in your area... Uh-huh. Two for ten, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I if you find an Ollie's in your area and you're looking to stock up on some hardcovers or trade paperbacks, check it out. You'll never know what's in there. We're probably going to visit them probably once every couple of months just to go see if there's anything new or it's interesting. Not, and it's, it's not focusing just on them, really. It's just that you never know where you're going to be able to yes. find books. books. Yes. Books are books. These, you know, and you would be surprised. I think a lot of people are, and some people are like, oh, no, that's common knowledge because they already knew. But some people don't know that, you know, these little hole-in-the-wall, like, uh, bookstores and stuff, they don't have yeah. comic book sections. I keep wanting like us that. to, so there's a very beautiful, like, tiny hole-in-the-wall book section called Starlight Books, yeah. and it's never open. Like, whenever we go by it, it's always like, we're open the third Saturday of the month for our discount. I, I, I always want to go in there, because it's a little bookstore. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of little books, watch this transition. Ella Strange's read pile this week was... Very small. We'll, we'll say modest. One, two, three. She actually only had one, but I let her take two of mine. I know, I had to take two of yours. 
Yeah. I can't see. No, well, you didn't have one of them. I, I was absolutely going to get all these you books. You were going to get it? I absolutely was. Okay. Now my read Next pile. Next week's gonna suck, though. <laughs> my, my read pile was technically uh, two books light this week because I got them last week and I read them and I spoiled them for everyone. Not my fault. When I go to the comic store and they put it on my stack and they sell it to me, I shouldn't have to know that it's breaking FOC or, or street date. Sorry, I shouldn't know that. It's not my fault. Yeah, I know. And That's we have it. our list too, and we can't. We don't always know. Sometimes I, they tell me that the list is wrong. I absolutely blame DC Comics for this. 100%. I love that they ship them early. I yeah. think it's awesome that we're always going to have our DC books ready to go. That they should like package them like differently. Or know, the comic book store has to do a better something. job of like siphoning that shit out. But I love that DC has its own shipping, and I think it's beneficial, <laughs> but it also leads to me accidentally spoiling the entirety of the newest Superman comic. And it's going to annoy you as far as, like, that organization. You're yes! Doing. Like, it throws you off. You're like, no, because it, it was wrong. I can't go back and just update. No, I can't, do, I can't pull everything, because the way that we do Twitter, it's live. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. It's it is what it is. It's not the end of the world, and it's not something that we do on purpose. No. It, but and I did apologize to those books that I accidentally spoiled last week. Um, uh, some of the creators you guys know visit our page and, and retweet us. Uh, we're very gracious and understanding. I'm speaking specifically to Tom Taylor, who was very kind in his review. Um, <laughs> we will get to more of Tom Taylor later. Uh, for right now, Ella Strange, you have some books to review. Do you have a pick of the week already, or is this going to I be... I do. Okay, Yeah, right. I do. So, we'll get to it. Well, starting with... All right. So, first up... Uh, that is Wonder Woman, number... Se I can't read it if you zoom in. Hold on. Okay. Okay, that is 787. This continues the Becky Cloonan run. That has been uh, up, down, left, right. You love some of it. You've passed on some of it. Well, no, she's still writing. Yeah, I know, but oh, I'm talking oh. about the run in, entirely. Becky Cloonan's run on, on Wonder Woman has been pretty long going at this point. Oh, you're saying it is long yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, it, it's for quite some time now. Uh, I really don't remember when she started. started. Yeah. I think it was with the, the Which Dead is Man. good. Yeah. Like, a lot of times people are like, oh, no, no, I knew the second. I can tell you exactly when it changed. Maybe that can be actually a horrible or a wonderful comment. That you don't know when yeah. she started writing it. Yeah. Yeah, I get like, that. Oh, they went to shit. Or oh, oh that's when things really picked up. Yeah, exactly. O or like me, just kind of bored of it. <laughs> I think there was there it was there's a difference in styles and like that, but I just immediately I accepted it. Yes. Made any change? So to me, I didn't really. So this is off the heels of Trial of the Amazons. So this is the the trial is over. We've, okay, we've, so Wonder Woman. So Wonder Woman is uh, basically wrapping things up. Uh, she does her little wine, wine, wine. You know that with, like, she with a glass of wine. No, but oh, she's like, like boo hoo me. I, I, I caused this. I don't know what I'm supposed to do to fix things. And then she has to be talked down again. Yeah. It's like that to me is a little bit annoying. I, I get it. You know, you're supposed to. It, it's showing her that she cares so much, and she just. You know what weighs heavy on her all the time, right? But it just to me, it, I felt like it came off a little. 
crybaby. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask. I don't know because we already had her. She already talked about this. Yeah, I was gonna say like, like, why is she bringing it up again? Are you a little? Are you a little burnt out? Wonder Woman in particular, like she, she, why is she? Oh, oh, okay. I'm not. not, When I say she, I'm not referring to the writer. No, no, you're talking about the actual character. I'm talking about the character. I got you. Why is Wonder Woman? You know, I, I. I would not argue how somebody writes. I absolutely respect that this, you know, so I wouldn't be referring no, to her. No, I got her that. About I her. I meant, like, yeah. Wonder Woman. Why is Diana, uh, you know, why is she still crying? Still dealing you know, with this like, stuff. Like, she's, she's really, she needs a therapist. <laughs> she, not, she really does. Do we have really bad. Do we have a time period, like, how long it's been since Trial of the Amazons? This is, this is supposed to be, like, immediately after. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, right. Maybe she's still dealing with during it. When is talking to her, trying to get an idea. Like this is how quick um, she's like, "Look, I know we got all these things to fix, not just our relationships between all the tribes and, mm-hmm. and everything, but uh, we, our physical buildings and the yeah. Colosseum. Everything was just there was so much destruction. We got to fix everything." Wonder Woman, like, you know, she's like, "We we can do it. You don't need to be here. We know you need to go take care of things." Why don't you go fight with the and Justice League for a while? No, did you do you remember this this random guy that was in a submarine off the coast at one point? Now she's gonna go talk, wrap that up. Oh okay? right. So <laughs> that part was a little comedic too because it, it, it wraps up quick. Oh, man. Sorry, that was, I, I, cause yeah, you're right. You remember that guy? Yeah, it's like, oh, that's that dude's just been hovering out there during I, I the trial of the Amazon. I mean, I feel comfortable giving spoilers because it's Sunday and then for this released on Wednesday, so my reviews are like, okay, let's talk about this. <laughs> you had to have read it by now. This is okay, but I, I just thought it was great because it was like. If you're watching a, like a, t- a TV series or something, whatever, it took about five minutes of the episode <laughs> to wrap that shit up, too. Like, oh, you remember that random guy? We never really had much to talk she about. just dives in the water, picks the and submarine up in the air. And she there, and, you know, some stuff happens or whatever. It's kind of deep, you know. <laughs> it <Literally>. is. Literally. <laughs> it is called Secrets of the Deep, after all, so there you go. So, the entendres. Uh, I love that, but, you know, I... I think the best part is the fact that she does go back to her life where Etta is, yeah. uh, where Siggy is, where uh, Steve Trevor is. And guess who our roommates? It's very awkward. Uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman seems to be handling it fine, though. <laughs> All right, so kind of, would you say, uh, kind of a kind of a getting us started on our next arc issue? Yeah, I feel like. We did basically, they, I, I will say, I, I love the fact that we did a checkoff list. We yeah. said, okay, she's got to get away from the mascara. She needs to go back home. Let's make sure we take care of that. She's got some demons she needs to take care of <laughs> in her head, too. She might have actual <laughs> demons to take care of as she well. Might. Wonder Woman. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe chaos is actually in her head. Yeah. I don't know. Things like that have happened in Wonder Woman. So, and this. Wrapped up and then we're pushing forward back to Wonder Woman. It just happened 
I don't know. I didn't realize until I was actually talking about it with you how well it just kind of it, went from the trial. We, we talked about the trial. Yeah. We know that's going on. We still have it open to where she has to go back to the mascara and, and deal with things there. All I don't, of this. I don't know why you said it like that, but the way you said it, all I heard was the old guy in the white suit from Jurassic Park. Welcome back to the mascara. <laughs> I mean, their their place, like, I don't know. Okay. What else you got on your read pile? All right. So. On my read pile. It was. I stole it from Rick because I needed more to read. This is the new number one issue from Stephanie Phillips, our friend from Boom Studios. Uh, this is Grim number one. I found the Jay Lee, uh, hang on, let me see if I can, there we go. The Jay Lee Virgin variant, Virgin meaning there's no title, there's nothing on the cover, but the Jay Lee art cover, oh, baby doll, talk to me. Oh, wait, you gotta review that still, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, um, basically, we have this girl. Uh, we don't know how old she is, really. She doesn't really probably have an age at right. this point. Right. Her name is Jessica Harrow, and she is a reaper. Uh, she's basically in charge of taking souls from A to B. Yes. So, uh, that's what she does. It's her uh, job. But, here's the thing. She knows nothing of her past. Nothing. Uh, and, uh, she does have one particular person that she's trying to uh, help that just refuses yeah. and things go crazy you know it, it's it, it makes you ask so many questions about her in particular and yeah. you know what how did she get this this job how did she get here to do this did, yes. what Why was, are she, was she how always are was she always maybe she was just always there but she's portrayed in that image for people could still be just that. Or, you know, maybe that's why she can't remember her history, because there is no history. Yes. Or, like you just said, how, how are they being created? Right. Are these particular souls paying a debt or something? You know, they, what, what's going on here? We get to meet a couple other Reapers as well. Yeah. We find out she's not the only one. She, she makes that very abundantly clear right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, we get to see her interact with souls yeah and how she is we'll say um she's willing to do her job but i don't think she enjoys it mm -mm. now you have a page tabbed here was there something you wanted to mention oh, yes and oh i love this part yeah where she gets really angry and where she gets really angry I don't know if I want to show it. No, no, no. We don't want to spoil it. We don't it. want to show it because it's really cool. It is really but cool. But you do see that, and that's what made me question, too. Right. If she really is, you know, is she, is she a, good a person yeah, or right. is she a being that has always existed uh, because she can't remember. Uh, so, so when you see her change that image yes. just for a moment, yes. in the heat of a moment, like, it's... It really it makes you question again. This so I, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it for as much as you did. This is going to be a book that I'm going to be reviewing unless you really want. I'll probably still keep reading it, but I don't. I think I'll let you take it over because you will do a better job with 
I well, it's a very it's a very metaphysical concept, and I adored it yeah. from the beginning. It's I think very, I'll like it, but I don't think I'm gonna like it as much as you're gonna like it. Well, fair enough. Uh, it reminded me immediately of Dead Like Me, one of my favorite shows. Uh, the idea that Reapers have a job to do and that there's multiple Reapers and that they're there to sort of walk you across. It reminded me a lot of Death, the High Cost of Living. How could it not? She's an attractive young girl who's also the Grim Reaper. There was a lot of really fantastic elements. There's also a couple of elements in here that remind me a lot of Heavy and just brand new to this particular concept of death and the afterlife that I thought was really cool. And the one thing that I think is most interesting, the one thing that everyone sort of harps upon, it's on the cover, you can't miss it, is the connection of the Reaper and their scythe. Which, if you very, very, very sort of squint your eyes just a little bit, has a twinge, just a, a little taste of Frighteners in there as well. Just a little bit. A little bit of Frighteners. So there's just a lot of because of the how they're able to connect. Well, remember when he when he when he slams when, when he slams down the scythe and the scythe opens up and then Michael J. Fox is able to wrestle the scythe away from him and he transforms back into his regular self. Mm -hmm. It didn't really have anything to do with the story and that doesn't have anything to do with this particular comic, so to speak. But it does make me like reminisce. It just this book hits so many little nostalgia buttons for me and I felt so felt so at home reading it. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited for the next issue. It's also gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. The art inside is, and uh, we should give them some kind of good look. Where's a good splash page? It's not a good splash page. There we go. Here's a good splash page. The art inside the book is gorgeous. The writing, of course, we love Steph Phillips, but I'm a big fan of it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I didn't know it was gonna. I didn't think it was gonna be up your alley, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Not your pick of the week, though, because my pick of the week, I didn't even. I wasn't even sure I was going to pick it up because I didn't even read about it and then when I kind of glanced into it at the shop I was like oh I don't know but when I read it freaking amazing yes right yeah this is eight billion genies one of eight ironic enough I suppose and it is from uh-huh oh yeah it is from Charles Soule and Ryan Brown. Charles Soule, we've read hundreds of his comics before. I don't know if we've re uh, had too many uh, Ryan Brown art books, but the Ryan Brown art is fabulous. And um, this is the additional image. Oh, this, the cover, right? this is the variant, I believe? Is it the variant? I, I'm pretty sure it's the variant, yeah. Okay. But I did not get around anyway. to finishing this. I know you read it. Yeah. Let's hear your review. I'm going to shut up. I think you really should, so I'll maybe... No, no, go I ahead, go ahead. Try. I'm still going to read it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, so, basically, uh, this all really takes place mostly in a tavern called uh, Lampwick. Lampwick. Lamp 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 yeah, Lampwick. Uh, tavern. So, they are um, basically just hanging out. You're kind of introduced to each individual that's kind of finding themselves mm -hmm. here in this tavern. Uh, you have an owner. Uh, you'll have some lost tourists. Uh, you have uh, a drunk dad and then the kid trying to pick him up. <laughs> poor 12-year-old uh, kid trying to carry his dad. It's also his birthday. Yes. <laughs> Happy birthday, my man. My favorite part of that is like, you want a shot? I'm 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, you you get just people that you they wouldn't, you know, they're not friends or anything. They don't know each other. They just happen to find themselves together during uh, an event that has changed humanity and existence. Yes. Uh, 
it all comes down to everybody gets a genie. Just out of nowhere, instantly at the same time, everybody gets a genie. You get one wish. And the rule, you know, the rule they give you rules, you know, and yeah. you're not going to be able to wish for more wishes or anything like that. It's like bullshit. you get one wish, only one wish. I would just wish for more genies. And, well, the owner of the tavern did the smartest thing of all time. Oh, yeah, what's that? He said, wishes cannot affect this tavern or anybody in it. Ah, so they're, they're, this is like, this is the Winchester. Yeah. So, from, nobody, uh, so nobody can do anything to them. The shit that happens outside <laughs> of that place is insane. And I wanted to... Oh, no. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Okay. I told you, I'm going to read it. Just because I've, uh, I, I mean, know what's happening. Very... I mean, that's to be expected. Yes. The Tyrannosaurus specifically. So, but what's even greater is that, that they give you these little spots where they indicate uh, eight seconds later yes and they show you what's happening and then eight minutes later and they show you what's happening <laughs> and the progression of things is so wrong <laughs> I mean, it's it's probably what would it's happen. humanity so it is correct yes but it is wrong <laughs> it is unfortunate <laughs> it is unfortunate oh unfortunate uh and just to give you an idea how wonderful this is going to build and why I'm so excited about how we only got up to eight minutes. Yes. The next issue is at eight hours. Yes. <laughs> and I can't even imagine. And with each time, we even get the entertainment of knowing how many humans are left <laughs> on Earth, how many genies are left on Earth, Earth yeah. and what Earth currently looks like <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> I mean, one has to because somebody, somebody, show, somebody out there is going to I, say, "I wish for this entire group of people to be wiped off the planet." Like that's gonna happen. I, We're all there's even, a lot of racist humans. Even telling you all of those things that you get, you you still you have to read it mm. to get that feeling from it mm -hmm. of seeing you know that how everything is just kind of I would say progressing, but Degress it, maybe it, regressing or falling or, apart. Right, there, I you don't know. Know. there you go. There you go. Uh, it depends on who you're talking to, I guess. Uh, whoever, <laughs> whoever's the happiest. Yeah. He's still here at eight hours. <laughs> well, it's also one of those, it's, it's a great, like, it's a great concept story, and Charles Soule's known for this kind of stuff, but, like, think about it this way, like, if every human had one wish and anything could come true, you know that shit would go sour in about eight seconds, if not less. But I do like the idea that it's eight billion genies, it's issue one of eight, Everything is progressing in, in quantities of eight. That's very adorable. Because, yeah, in the next issue, they could do the whole thing for eight hours, and then the third issue be eight, eight days. days. I don't, eight I don't, weeks, I'm not even looking into it because I want to know. I don't want to be, even if they jump to eight years, I'll still be fine. Of course. But I'm just saying, I think to be able to make each issue, like how many issues do you think we would, you know, get before we're. You know, we'll find out. Yeah. I, I hope it, it doesn't. At an eight yeah. issue, at an eight me, issue I'm series, super I think excited that's, about the idea of it, though. I think that's right on target yeah. for eight issues. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be amazing. However, they plan this out, it is mm -hmm. just going to be crazy. We might even get out, get all the way up to like maybe like eighty thousand. Mm, we'll see. Like we'll see. We'll see. 
maybe that's what happens in like the last years. the last issue. <laughs> well, that that eight billion is roughly the age of the universe, right? So maybe on that last issue, we find out the last wish granted is for them to restart the universe. And that is what having just a little bit of autism up here does. It makes you think about things that happen 100% in the future. And when but, they don't turn out that way, you get sad. But you'd also have to answer the question of everybody got a genie, but everybody here that right now. So let's say somebody has a kid in six months and everybody, some people have sent made wishes yet. So does that baby... Well, I, uh, so I'll, I can remedy that by telling you the title of the comic. So mm -hmm. on Earth right now, there's only 7.5, 7.6 billion people. Oh, okay, so there's only people. that many. They only sent, like, so it could have been, like, an alien species. No, no, no I'm just sent saying. that number, so that's all they get. Well, I think it's taking into account the extra 0.4 billion that are going to be born in that time period. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. No, everybody has one because there's even a page where it says that there's 8 billion people, the population. Ah, okay, people. so we've already gotten there. So we, they're yeah, already okay. answering that. So that's okay. why I'm like, yeah, maybe. Do, a good do babies get one? Or, now the like, let's say somebody dies, does it pass on to their child? Like Dobby? You have to give the genie a sock. I was going to say, know. what about video games? Is the game genie part of this? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that. The read pile, Ella Strange. You want to start your your stack here? Uh, it's only five. You... It's only five. It would have been. It would have been but seven. You, it would have been but nine. We are going to talk about the one, the other ones briefly. But you have three here. Oh. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the other one. The other one. Oh, so the first book I read this week was Grimm, and I loved it. There we go. <laughs> I loved Grimm. It wasn't on my read pile this week. It was an ex it was an extra book. But I will be on Rick's next time. Very likely. Uh, I am going to connect the dots. Watch this. Charles Soule, fantastic. One of his writer brothers, in fact, they used to tag team books all the time, is Scott Snyder. And this is uh, Noctera issue 10 of what I'm guessing is 11, um, which kind of took me by surprise. I did not expect to see to be concluded at the end of this issue. So I guess we're only getting 11 issues out of this after all, which is a weird number. I would prefer 12. Or 10. You're making my OCD feel weird. I don't like it. Hmm. But maybe that's the play on the big PM because when it's midnight, it would be the AM. So you only have like 11 hours of night, so to speak. Hmm. Anyway. Um, or 11 hours of PM, I would say. 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Yep. Wait, no, that's 12. Damn it. Oh, well. Stop it. It was a good issue. But uh, as I've been relating uh, the last couple of reviews of Noctera, we are literally putting the pedal to the metal. And in fact, the title of the issue is Pedal to the Metal. And I think everyone can sort of see that we're, we're heading towards a very specific ending. Um, yeah, uh, Pedal to the Metal. Uh, which uh, I'm very interested to see where issue 11 goes. Issue 10, we, uh, are atta we, we have our, our team, uh, Sundog, uh, convoy is at Luna. They're on their way to EOS. They get into Luna pretty easily using um, Blacktop Bill as their uh, way in. Uh, it works out pretty well for them. It is now now base Luna is this giant like glowing orb on a platform in the middle of the ocean, like probably about two miles off the coast of whatever state they're near. And as you know, in the waters where it's always been darkest, the megas exist. So this glowing orb keeps all the megas at bay that are in the water around them. So, as you may suspect, in a Scott Snyder horror book, 
What do you think happens to that giant glowing orb? It, 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 it shuts off. And then the Megas start attacking. Mm -hmm. um, where we're going in Noctera, it seems pretty straightforward, but it's never really 100% when you're dealing with Scott Snyder. He is a fantastic master of modern horror. I love his work. I'm interested to see where it goes. Tony Daniels' artwork continues to be just fantastic for the series. If the, last, if the next issue truly is the last issue, I'll be a little disappointed because I've really been enjoying this. It's been one of my sort of favorite, ooh, here comes New Noctera. Ooh, I like this book. Um, but we also are on the same mindset where we do enjoy our terminal stories very, very much here at the Read Pile. Yeah. We like stories that have beginning, middles, and ends. We get frustrated by Batman 187 or, you know, like... The fact that Nightwing, which is being written by Tom Taylor, who we adore, started at issue like 78 or something like that, drives me absolutely up a wall. It makes me so bananas. I hate that. You say that, but I'm happy with Wonder Woman. You're collecting every Wonder Woman ever written, period. Yeah, but I... What number is Wonder Woman right now? 787. It's a, you're not gonna, you're, if if you picked up a new book uh -huh. and you had no intention on collecting the entire series, yeah, what issue number would you want to start with? You would want to start with one. You wouldn't want to start with seventy eight. No. So, Noctera yeah. going to issue eleven, I think, is great. I, I get, I get that argument. There you go. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I hope it keeps going. But if this is the end of the series, I can't wait for the finish. So maybe that's the penultimate issue. I don't know. If Scott Snyder wants to tell us about it, he can. If not, I'll just be happy to just take it as it comes. I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm yeah. really not. Moving on. West of Sundown, issue two. I don't know if this actually debuted this week. I had to find it on the stands. I thought I put it on my read pile. I may have just checked out the first issue and yeah. forgot to ask them to. Either way, it's a... Oh, oh yes, yeah. oh yes, it's on the pile for sure now. They added it to my sub. Um, so this very much is uh, the Universal Monsters. So you've got, you know, Dracula, uh, Frankenstein, um, the Mummy, all those characters set a werewolf, not Mummy, werewolf, Chupacabras, Chupacabras make an appearance, set in uh, the southwest of, of, uh, of the Wild West times of the United States, like the 1800s. This is so much fun. I really love this book. I love my I love taking, you know, concepts like the Universal Monsters and setting them in a different time period. One of my favorite stories of all time, I mention it almost every week, is Grendel, Kentucky. I just wrapped up um, uh, uh, Crimson Cage, which was literally just Macbeth set in 1980s pro wrestling. Grendel, Kentucky is the story of Beowulf set in 1970s rural Kentucky. Uh, this is seemingly the, the Universal Monsters fighting each other for whatever reason in um, the in the Southwest. And you've got uh, Frankenstein, who has become a man of God and believes that if he destroys all the vampires or destroys this particular vampire, then God will show mercy onto him and like finally fix him so he's not wearing dead body parts everywhere. So he's doing it for that purpose. There's, there is a very clear reference to werewolves uh, in fact, our main character, her father, may appear may have been a werewolf or a skinwalker, depending on how you look at it, because he, uh, I believe, is Mexican or uh, a native of Mexico, and he appears to transform into a werewolf, but I, I think it might be more of a skinwalker thing than a werewolf thing. But again, we're just playing on that werewolf concept. 
And I, I am very much enjoying Less Than Sundown. I have been a big fan of the reinvigoration of, um, uh, uh, sort of looking for, of vampires. The reinvigoration of vampires. We're seeing vampires rise again in comics, and West of Sundown is one of my favorites going right now. So I'm very glad I saw issue two was available. I scooped it up. I'm sorry if it's a little delayed. Uh, I don't know when it debuted, but that's okay. I don't know what to do. I truly don't know what to do. Okay, all right. I have to, I have to go with what I know. All right, here we go. Bunny Mask, The Hollow Inside, Issue 1, Volume 2 of Bunny Mask, with the Bunny Mask variant. Yes, yes, don't cut it out, I'll kill you. Perfectly pristine, gem mint, PSA 10.0, CGC graded, probably. Oh, Bunny Mask, how I love you. Now, real quick, uh, it is an Issue 1 from Aftershock Comics, so of course there's going to have something fun in the back of the issue. But since we all really know what Bunny Mask is, of course, Bunny Mask just had a big free comic book day book literally last week. So there's the only thing that's in the back is a bonus story about Bunny Mask by Paul Tobin. So you just get a prose story from, uh, from Paul Tobin about the Bunny Mask universe. And here it is. Here's the elevator pitch. Give me Bunny Mask anthology series after this season. I want Bunny Mask every Halloween. I want Bunny Mask stories. They can go on forever. She is some sort of weird eternal creature, and we get to meet another one of these weird inter eternal creatures called the Hollow. The Hollow is for, we'll just call what the Hollow is, is depression. The, the Hollow finds you. He finds you on the verge of madness, and then he doesn't just drag you into madness. He devours your entire entity. So he doesn't just eat your body or your soul or your mind. He wipes you from existence. No one will ever know you were there. No one will ever believe you ever existed because no one knows that you're there. You, you, are, you are gone. You are just gone. And what a great analogy for depression. What an absolutely just spot on explanation for what it's like to suffer from severe depression where you simply just don't be. You don't exist. You have no place in the universe, and the hollow comes in and scoops you out of it. So now we've met two of these weird eternals, for lack of a better term. We know that bunny mask exists, and we know that the hollow exists. And we're starting, we see a very, like, momentary issue where it appears that bunny mask notices that someone is missing. She, she's looking around, and she's, like, walking amongst the humans, touching their teeth, finding out their life stories from their teeth writing wrongs that she deems fit. And then she sort of notices that somebody's missing, which is kind of interesting. What's more interesting, though, and I don't know if this is done on purpose or if this was just sort of a, a wink and a nod because Andrea Muti did the, the art, but at one point we get to see one of the guys that uh, Bunny Mask is um, remedying from their sickness is clearly wearing a Maniac of New York t-shirt. Yeah, you were so excited about this. He's very obviously wearing a Maniac of... I mean, that's clearly the Maniac's mask, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, huh, I guess in this universe, in the Bunny Mask universe, Maniac of New York either exists as, like, I don't know, maybe a comic book, or maybe there's a movie series, like we watched Friday the 13th movies, so maybe that... Or maybe, just maybe, Bunny Mask takes place in a different city where the Maniac of New York is currently running rampant in New York. My theory progresses. Yeah, and it's like a cult. He's like a... Like a cult. Like, like, like people know about it. Yeah, like, we, the, like, yeah. We are in Taylor's office. Taylor is our main character. He's the Bunny Mask's 
we'll say love interest for lack of a better term. He's our main character. He and B are the A and B of the, of the book. And in Taylor's office is very clearly, and it's pointed out, like one of the characters is physically looking at it, but not mentioning it, a, a Harvey Maniac of New York mask. Here, I'll, get it. I'll show it. I can show the mask. They're at Taylor's. This is Taylor's. Um, uh, his uh, his office where he does his psychiatric work, or he does his. Uh, uh, could he be the? He could be. The, he could be he, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know if this was. I don't know if this is just an Easter egg. I I don't know if this is an Easter egg. I don't know if this matters. I don't know what this is. There's also whatever the fat red hounds are. They make an appearance in the bottom right hand corner a couple of times on this mailbox. Yeah, like it's. It's very it's obvious very, that it's. Like it, they want you. To they want you to know who that is. So we're to the point with Bunny Mask where I think that all the major creators, Taylor Esposito, Andrea Moody, and Paul Tobin, know that their audience is very zoomed in and very locked in on Bunny Mask. So they're going to start dropping these like massive Easter eggs just for nerds like me to look at them and go, <laughs> Now I will say this. Part of me desperately wants there to be a uh, Aftershocks interconnecting universe where all of these major Aftershock comics are actually in one universe. And that would be great if, like, Bunny Mask runs across one of the kaiju from huh. Kaiju Score. Alright. Or if she, or if maybe in a little bit more appropriate storyline, she ends up curing the sickness of uh, Maniac in New York, and we get, like, a Freddy versus Jason kind of thing. Because Bunny Mask kind of Freddy Krueger-esque in that she sort of invades your dreams, your mindscape, as it were. So she's sort of like a benevolent Freddy Krueger as opposed to a malevolent Freddy Krueger and maybe they're setting up like the hint that possibly she's going to end up like confronting Harvey at some point or I'm reading entire or Harry not Harvey I keep saying Harvey it's Harry or maybe uh, I'm just reading entirely too much into this and Andrea Moody just threw it in there for nerds like me to squee over entirely possible huh. okay. oh, well, there's so much going on not, that seems like a very good shoehorn. I was very happy with it. There's also a lot in the story that I'm not going to give away. Uh, there was a couple of big things I just wanted to mention. Wait, there's more. <laughs> so it would have been my pick of the week um, ha on any other given week, but I had so many great books this week, and I, you're going to hate me for this. Uh. We here at The Read Pile have three specific creators that we refer to as the pillars of The Read Pile. You're going to have to zoom in so people can actually see that. Move it up and down. Now, the pillars of the repile are, and if I may, <clears throat> there's also a fourth pillar, and one of her books is coming out very soon, and I'll be reading it. But the three pillars that currently exist are the mayor of Halloween Town, which is also, also known as Colin Bunn, the clock king, Tom King, because he messes with time, and of course, if you would, everyone dies Taylor, Tom Taylor. Everybody dies. You're going to watch me kill everybody. I'm Tom Taylor. Secret uh, Seven Secrets, issue 17, what I believe to be the penultimate issue of Seven Secrets. Uh, it just feels like the next issue would theoretically be the last. Um, it, the next issue is called No More Secrets. That said, they have unleashed so much interesting information in this issue. This was a lot of information for us mm -hmm. that I could easily see the series going on for another 5, 10, 20 issues. It doesn't matter. The Seven Secrets world, Tom Taylor does such a great job of building his universes. There are so many stories within stories within stories that can happen in this universe. 
the fairy world, all of this interesting stuff. I would be super excited for it. There is a massive explanation as to why people keep coming back from the dead. We get that answer. That's something else that Tom Taylor, I adore him for more than anything. He gives you the answers. Remember in Deceased, we find out exactly why zombie heroes exist and how it came about and why it happened. Tom Taylor doesn't doesn't just leave the answers on the table for you to discern. He'll tell you. He'll, he'll give you what's up. This is what's happening. This is how it's going. Um, and some writers don't do that, and that's a very perfectly fine creative uh, technique as far as I'm concerned, where you leave the, uh, the reader sort of guessing what happened. Not with Tom Taylor. He's like, no, 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 I want you to know this story. I want you to understand what's happening, and I want you to enjoy it. And I do, and I did, and it was great. It also leads to a very devastating issue ending. What else is new, Tom Taylor? You devastate us, and we come crawling back. It's like a it's a really uh, abusive relationship that I have with this fantastic creator. Uh, also, Daniel, uh, did, I'm not going to mispronounce his last name. Daniel's artwork continues to be fabulous. It's still that very same anime style that I remember from the very beginning. What is interesting, though, is his style as the series has continued. His inks appear to be coming heavier, and the kinetic, frenetic pace of the comic very much appears to be slowing down. We are getting much more simplistic line art. And I don't know if this is just sort of me, again, reading too much into things, but you can see there's a lot more set pieces, much bigger splash pages now. There's a lot of very defined moments in the book. And I feel like that, that frantic energy that we received in the first few issues of Seven Secrets has come all the way back to, we're building towards the end, we're slowing everything down so that you can really take in what's going on around you. Yeah, we've had two major ha! moments, so we don't really need any more of that. We now can like start to like wind down and like, no, this is this is how it's gonna be. Elseworlds, well, would be an Elseworlds. <coughs> she's actually vomiting. What well, would be an Elseworlds story, essentially, where uh, Superman is a dinosaur who crash lands on Earth. <coughs> we good? I'm not purposely trying to ruin your review. It's just working out. <laughs> uh, where he crash lands on Earth during the time of what appears to be sort of the Jurassic Age, but not quite because humans didn't exist with dinosaurs, but it doesn't matter because look at this splash page, everyone. Look at that. Look at how gorgeous that is. This is on the outskirts of Growlum City, so instead of Gotham, it's Growlum. What was funny is, as I'm reading this, you can hear me going, <laughs> and Elle kept putting her book down and looking at me, and I was just killing one of these the whole time. There are so many puns and so much dumb, ridiculous, wonderful, fantastic stuff. Um, uh, Batman, what is his official name? I forget what they call him. I don't, I don't think he name. He doesn't name himself. Um, but the Joker, he's hunting the Joker as Batman tends to do. Uh, they call humans small beasts in the in this universe. Oh, um, Joker refers to him as Batwalker. I don't know if that's the official designation of this particular Batman, but that's what Joker calls him. 
and Joker does let him know that he is known as Joker Zard. And Joker Zard is one of those crazy spinning uh, dinosaurs from Jurassic Park that spits hot acid, which makes sense because, you know, the yeah. the, as, the flower acid. Look um, no. Interesting side note, um, Batman, Bat, Batsore, does say immediately upon first meeting Joker and being attacked by Joker Zord, he goes, Guano, which is, of course, uh, means bat shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, guano, he's fast, which is such a great uh, sort of callback to the fact that anytime you see Batman fighting the Joker, Batman always mentions he always forgets how quick the Joker is. Joker moves very fast. And that's a great callback. If you read enough Batman comics, and Lord knows I do, you know what exactly he's getting at there. Um, We also get a Batman the Dark Knight Returns uh, moment where he throws a Batarang into Joker Zard's eye. So a lot of references there. Um... Batman recognizes where he he, he... he knows he can smell Joker. He smelt his smelt before, but he can't remember why. And we get an origin story of tiny tiny Bruce Waynesaurus and watching his parents get murdered. That's so messed up. It's great! It's fantastic! No. Yeah, look at, look at poor baby Batman there. <laughs> baby Batasaurus. And then, so Batman rescues uh, the, uh, a bunch of small beasts... Only one of them survives. Very clearly going to be our Robin. Uh, very obviously going to be our Dick Grayson eventually. Uh, we then are introduced immediately to Black Mantasaurus, uh, who comes up from out of the depths, and he is uh, fended off by what appears to be a dolphin-flavored, maybe alligator, crocodile version of Aquaman, perhaps. Yeah. At one point, um, Black Mantasaurus hits a dolphin, and uh, Aqua... Saurus yells out, Matilda! <laughs> that's the dolphin's name. Well, yeah. Are you telling me this isn't great? Are I, you? I don't want to get into it. <laughs> I don't want to. I, I don't need that in my life right now. <laughs> uh, we, we, we visit we visit Trim Ascara for tri for tri mascara. Oh my god! Because all of the Amazons are triceratopses. And we find uh, that uh, the Wonder Woman analog here is Wonder Dawn, and she has been having visions of the Jurassic League coming together. And we can see there's going to at least be some weird-looking Flash, and a Green Lantern will be making up this version of the Jurassic League. We finally get introduced to Super Soar. Beautiful entry for Super Soar. And we find out that he has befriended the small beasts because two small beasts have raised him as their own. We then get, you know, our uh, next Dynamite issue featuring uh, Giganta. Just Giganta. <laughs> because, fair enough. And what appears to be, uh, it's Bronto's, oh, it's Bronto's, he's a Brontosaurus, of course. And he's Brontosaro. Oh my God. What, it's going to be a six-issue miniseries Perfect. Perfect. I don't want more than six issues, but I definitely need more than one. Thank you for this, DC Comics. What a tremendous pile of ridiculousness. I love it. Give me more, but not too much. This is this is fabulous. Well, what are you thinking? I'm thinking six sure. issues. Six issues is plenty. It's gonna be plenty. Okay. Never go back to this. Never ever go. This this is this joke is wonderful and fi- well, you know, I say never, but how cool would it be if they go like Full, like uh, Beast Wars on this 
and they start out as like we do a dinosaur version of it and then we skip ahead a few hundred million years and they're like big cat versions of uh, the Justice League there could be something there there could be something there no like like no, the Cretaceous should, League I think you should have stopped at the miniseries the Cretaceous version. League uh, the Methozoic League I am a philosopher by hobby, so I would love to see more. We need, we're definitely going to need to see a pterodon or two, a pterodactyl maybe, a condor perhaps. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. If at some point in this book we do not see a dinosaurized Harley Quinn as a raptor and somebody makes reference to the fact her being a clever girl, if that doesn't happen, then the entire series is pointless. Then what are we even doing here? That said, if you're looking for something that is not your typical fare, that is totally different, we have two new books for you guys that are totally different that neither of us have ever read before. They are Jurassic League number one and 8 Million Genies issue one from Image and DC Comics, respectfully. Just some of the most interesting, absurd books. Do you remember the book that I absolutely fell in love with? It was a four-issue miniseries called The Ludocrats. And I said, nobody except for major comic book nerds is going to collect this series, and we're going to love it. It was by Karen Gillan, and I, I absolutely adored it, and those four issues of absurdity. Mm-hmm. Jurassic League is that as well. It's bizarre, it's absurd, it doesn't make any sense, except if you've read so many comics that you might as well. There's also, one of my best friends in the world is going to be terrified by this book, and I can't wait to buy him a copy. You're horrible. I am. That wraps up this week's episode of The Read Pile. We'll be back next week with more comics to review, more fun shirts. Next we, uh, week is our... Actually, we might not have an episode. No, no, because it's in the middle of the week is our anniversary, right? Yeah. I think they're going to be coming Saturday, but I thought... Yeah, that's fine. It's our anniversary episode next week, so if you want to you know, send us money, that's fine. Uh, but... <laughs> But if you are watching us on Twitter Live or watching us on YouTube that uploaded, please make sure to download or just click on the link when I upload the audio-only version of the show made possible by uh, Anchor. Uh, So when you click on that, you actually earn us a couple of pennies. It goes to the entirety of the Wrestling Nerd Radio Network, the WNRN. Uh, and we've made a, like 50, 60 bucks in the last couple of months just by click, people clicking on the link, and that allows the rest of the WNRN to uh, host the videos, give us like um, bandwidth fees and things like that. We're not making money here. We're just having a good time. Elvis Strange, is there anything else you want to add this week? No? All right. Real quick shout-outs to all of our friends, of course, at the Space Bastards, Mad Cave Comics, the IndieCast, that's our sister show, Eric Palicki, our good friend, AJ Schumacher, our good friend, our buddies Glurk and Bo over at BG Comics, if you have a comic that you want me to review or if you have a sticker that you want to add to our sticker wall, please feel free to send that to us. My DMs are always open, and I'm always happy to get mail. Until then, I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman, for the original Angry Nerd Girl herself, Ella Strange, and we will be back next week with more comics and hopefully more dinosaur puns. Until then, say goodbye, Elle. Bye, Elle. Oh, 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 almost fell over. Almost fell over. Almost fell over. No, we're good. Ah, all right, audio only, fam. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week.